0: Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for...
1: Sucker
0: The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy.
1: Podcast.
0: And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw.
2: Yes, it's me, Mark Hershon, your host and docent for Epi 113 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. We're back with the Suckatash Clips installment, thanks largely to the efforts of our associate producer, Tyson Sainer, not to mention the savvy comedy podcasters who've uploaded their own clips directly to us via the upload link, which is Hightail.com slash you slash Suckatash. Coming up clip-wise this show, we have Cardboard, The Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, Am I Right, Ladies?, Sort of a preamble. The Magic Tavern, Radio Dan, the Talk Block podcast, The Mo Show, Wampa Stampa, and the We Are Not Alone podcast. We're also featuring a double dose of our Burst O'Durst segment with our resident political comedian and social commentator, Will Durst, a visit to the podcast graveyard, and the tweet sack. Before I get to all that stuff, just a few messages for other stuff going on where I'll be appearing live this coming September. I've been asked to host the TEDx Marin Talk 2015 in San Rafael. That's an amazing lineup of inst- uh, inspirational, informative speakers, and somehow me. That's going to be on Thursday evening, September 17th. There's also a link for tickets and more information up on the SuccotashShow.com blog entry for this episode if you're in the Marin County area and would like to attend said function. Directly after that, and I do mean directly, I will be down south for the fourth annual Los Angeles Podcast Festival. I'm going to do my best to nail down a spot in in the Squarespace Podcast Lab and interview folks that are just passing through. This time, though, I'm going to try and post everything while I'm there so I don't end up with a humongous backlog of interviews that take months to unspool. I still haven't gotten all the ones I did last year. Shameful. So the L.A. PodFest is September 18th through the 20th, and you can get ticks at LAPodFest.com. You don't have to be a podcaster to come by, just to come on by and watch some of your favorite podcasts happening that live that weekend. And me. not officially a part of the pod fest, but so what? All right, time to jump into this succotash epi called 113, starting w- with Will Durst and his gratitude to a certain presidential candidate for throwing his weird thinning hair into the ring. Hey guys,
3: Will Durst here to fervently thank Donald Trump for entering the GOP presidential sweepstakes, because whatever that man touches turns the loud. He's the gift that keeps on dribbling nonsense got all the delicacy of a tumbling dumpster. Not just a loose cannon, more like a loose aircraft carrier. You could say his campaign got off to a rocky start. You could also say that transatlantic telecommunications cables make lousy dental floss. Critics claim the man with the gravity-defying haircut had to hire extras to pretend to be supporters at his announcement, but another way of looking at it is, he's already creating jobs. Then, at the very beginning of a statement where he used the word I, or I've, or I'm 244 times, and that doesn't even include me or we or us, the billionaire real estate developer went on some unfortunate illegal immigrant harangue, characterizing all Mexicans as drug drug-crazed rapists demonstrating why veteran politicians foolishly rely on scriptwriters and teleprompters so they don't stick their foot so deep into their mouths they can tickle their spleen with their shoelaces and the price the donald paid for his bout of verbal incontinence Shooting straight to the top of the Republican polls. Now, some folks in the GOP maintain that Trump is a democratic mole designed to make them look like intolerant cretins, but they crocheted the ass hat. Shouldn't be surprised when somebody picks it off the shelf and walks around in it. You almost kind of get the feeling that Trump isn't as excited about being commander-in-chief as he is with the prospect of forcing a black couple with two young daughters from their Washington, D.C. home. But, love em or hate them, you got to admit that when true patriots ask, how long will it take America to have a presidential candidate with a cologne named after him?" that time has finally come. For Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast. I'm Will Durst.
2: You can catch a lot more Will Durst at his home site, willdurst.com. And he's always tweeting about this and that in equal measure because he is a moderate. At Will Durst on Twitter. We have a sneak preview of sorts from a new podcast. If you caught Epi 112 last time, the, the uh, Succotash Chats episode, I interviewed Phil Lareness of the Chilpac Hollywood Hour and Lily Holloman, who will be co-hosting a new spin off show from Chilpack entitled Am I Right, Ladies? That show features Lily and comedian actor Karen Foreman and will be, will be kicking off this soon was the best answer I'd gotten out of them. But this past week, they did their last stint filling in for Phil in the southward-traveling Dean Haglund, who's moved to Australia. This not only seems a great example of two smart women hosting a podcast, which will largely be about smart women, but they also, in the grand tradition of Chilpak, mentioned me.
4: Well, you know what, Karen? <sighs> yes. Speaking of dead celebrities. Well, I guess we're on the topic. Uh-huh. <laughs> did you know that last week, Phil and I were interviewed by the... Number one comedy podcast podcast host Mark Hershon of Succotash. Oh my gosh! I only know that because it's written here in my
5: notes. <laughs> this is incredible news. <laughs> oh. I need to listen. First of all, Succotash, Succotash, Succotash. Ah, oh. mm. mm. happy accidents. Succotash is such a great word. Is that a type of vegetable? It
4: is kind of a mystery vegetable. Mystery vegetable. Sometimes I Suffering succotash, and I I see the picture, and I still don't know what it is. <laughs> that's so funny. You know what I mean? Um. Well, that's so exciting that you guys were interviewed. Yeah, and he talked to us about because it's a podcast about podcasting. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's he talked really to cool. us about the future of your chill pack Hollywood Hour. <gasps> Mm. I'm not sure if that mystery was solved, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but he also talked to us about the forthcoming spin-off show starring I you I and me. right, ladies?
5: I love
4: it. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. So that interview can be heard at succotashshow.com. That is really, really cool. In case cool. you're interested. But the reason I bring it up mm-hmm. is because I'm really wishing to delve deep into your soul, Karen <laughs> Foreman, because, Mark, it came up, what deceased figure would we most like to interview if we could And I really, Ah. I answered the question on the show. You're going to have to listen if you want to hear my answer. Oh, gosh, okay, But here, live, right now, this is happening. Karen Foreman's going (laughs) to tell us who she would want to interview.
5: I think in the comedy world, the two people that I can think of um, off the top of my head would be Lucille Ball. Oh, I just... Amen. Adorable woman. Mm -hmm. And Gilda Radner. Mm -hmm. And um, both of them were just so ahead of their times, and they were so, felt like so courageous in their comedy. Um, So I would love to chit-chat with those ladies, maybe someday on the other side. I'll get or to on do this that. side, we invite them back. Oh, that's back. true. Seance. Hello. hey Look forward to episode one of Am I Right, Ladies? Yes. The Seance the Show. The Seance. I am into that. I am so into it.
2: That clip was actually from a couple of weeks ago, really. Uh turns out that Dean Haglin is back in action with Phil Lairness as of last week when uh, he called in, and uh, they're they're back doing it from Australia to Hollywood, long-distance style. Catch them on Blog Talk Radio and at their home site, chillpackhollywood.com. And if you're waiting for Lily and Karen to trot out their Am I Right Ladies podcast, that should be coming along very soon. By the way, we have an extra sponsor this week. In addition to our usual patron, Henderson's Pants, we have a message from Chilpak Hollywood's regular sponsor, Empire State Gas. What'll it be? I was going to fill up with whatever's cheapest. I'll be happy to take care of that for you. I thought this was self-serve. We are completely full service here at Empire State Gas. Sure, it may cost you a bit more, but you're worth it. Now what else can I get you? Something from the snack shop for you and the little lady? There is no little lady. I'm alone. And I just ate. Well, how about a complimentary balloon animal for the kids? I have no kids, and I'm still alone. Well, don't feel bad. You may be alone, but you're wise enough to come to the largest independently owned gas station chain in the Northeast United States. We're in Los Angeles. I'm sure that you know that our gas is organically grown and good for the environment good for the environment. That's right. When you burn our fuel, you're actually helping to reverse climate change. That's why we say at Empire State Gas, from farm to pump, we've got great gas. That gas station attendant sounded very familiar. Now, unabashedly, I've got a soft spot for well-produced sketch comedy podcasts, and I've been turned on to a new one, The Mo Show, starring voiceover performer Mosian Melvin and a crew of funny, talented voice actors. These guys are out of Los Angeles,
6: and without further ado, here's a taste. Hello? Mo Mo! Yo, yo!
3: What's shaking, baby?
6: On my way to margarita mix for that session.
3: Oh, 405 raping you?
6: With no Vaseline, but I'll get there in time. What's up?
3: Remember that audition you did for SSN?
6: The Scandinavian Sports Network? That's the one. You booked it. No way. Yeah,
3: baby. You're contract. Oh, fuck yeah. You're booked every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 500 euro a session. How much is that? I have no fucking idea. I hope it's good.
6: Me too. So, uh, what kind of sports am I going to be doing promos for?
7: Who knows what they play over there? Curling, croquet, some bullshit like that. Mainly you'll be covering the HFHL. The HFHL? Historical Figures Hockey League. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the HFHL's coverage of the famous physicists versus the infamous serial killers. I'm Al Collinsworth here with Donnie Mahoney. Thanks, Al. I'm Wicked Wreck. Okay, Donnie, who will dominate this perversion of reality, space-time, and good taste? Do you see the divisional champs, the serial killers, schooling the physicists on their home ice? That's a great question, Al, and I hope you can find someone who can answer that for you. What I love about hockey is you can slam a rack of beers and then watch these knobs beat the snot out of each other. It's the fucking best shit. Outstanding insight. Let's head to the center ice for Jeffrey Dahmer's favorite part of the game, the opening face off. He'll take your whole head off. The puck drops on center ice and Einstein attacks it at light speed. He exploits an Einstein Rosen Bridge, otherwise known as a wormhole, for a stellar pass to Neil deGrasse Tyson. They say nothing travels faster than the speed of light, but that puck was going fucking fast. That puck's checked in bloodthirsty John Wayne Gacy. He's not clowning around. Jack the Ripper was lurking in the shadows as he picks up the wayward puck and surgically slices it right up the gut to Richard Ramirez, who's ready to strangle it with his tube sock.
8: Oh! Galileo oh, Galilei oh, spotted that one from 365 million miles away.
7: Galilei almost intercepts it, but Charles Manson says, not in my commune, and convinces Galilei to kill himself. He's definitely going to the death penalty box for that one. Quick lateral from Manson, past shot shock, Nikola Tesla to Ramirez, who slaps a chopper past Stephen Hawking's event horizon, right up the physicist's black hole. Who would have thought it'd be wicked hard to play hockey in a wheelchair? Well, the serial killers draw first blood here on SNN's coverage of the HFHL is brought to you by Bonkers Funhouse. Bonkers Funhouse, get wicked wrecked. Are you looking for a wicked fun time?
8: Got your kids for the weekend because of some custody settlement you never read? Like getting hammered and eating low-quality food at semi-reasonable prices? Then come on down to the new and improved Bonkers Funhouse. House. Hey, kids, you like games? Fucking sweet! We got skee ball Papa shot and the very popular Bobbin for Sausage. For parents, we got 20 different varieties of Sam Adams on tap good news we got some sweet new menu items to soak up all that liquor our pizzas are still just frozen dough discs pepperoni from the package store but now we're charging an extra three bucks so you'll think it's papa john's and shit vegetarian you're fucking set with our new vegetarian pizza it's the same shitty pizza except we pick off all the pepperoni before you see it vegan go fuck yourself you're wicked queer everybody else come on down to barker's funhouse and we'll show you a wicked good time until you pass out in our bathroom or your car. Bonkers Funhouse. Cheap beer, shit for your kids to do, and every Sox game on our one TV. Fucking wicked. Located off Route 95 on Mark Wobble's Boulevard, right next to the train tracks
0: that hobo died.
9: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Dodecahedron Boxing. Let's get right to the action. In this corner, weighing in at 193 pounds, Jimmy the Jigsaw Baker. In this corner, at 187 pounds, Bobby the Hands Blacker. In this corner, at a whopping 202 pounds, Alex Game Show Film Festival Trebekah. In this corner, at 42 pounds, a goat.
8: Motion, we're so glad to have you as the new voice of SSN.
6: Oh, yeah, man. I'm honored to be working with you.
8: Right. Let's start with the first event promo on page one. Let's hear that sweet, melodic Scandinavian prose on Take One. Right. <clears throat> Strap on your clogs and prepare to yodel. SSN is bringing you the sporting event of the year, the 2015...
6: Oh, okay, uh- cut, cut. Uh, are you having a stroke? No, that would sound like... Well, a very, very heavy... Uh, heavy der... tonight. We had a very deris... Derison by... Let's go ahead, Tarat Tasen. Let's look a bit, look a bit. Thanks,
8: Serene Branson. Let's just try it again and and do just your regular sports promo read.
6: Okay, you got it. Strap on your clogs and prepare
8: to yodel. S S N is bringing you the sporting event of the year, the
6: 2014. Oh,
8: okay, I- I'm gonna stop you right there. That's not going to play for the local audience. Why don't you try spitting the difference? Okay, how's this? Strap on your clogs and prepare to yodel. SSN is bringing you the sporting event of the year, the 2014 Strudel Olympics. Perfect.
6: Strudel
2: Olympics?
8: You never heard of the Strudel Olympics? No. Have you been lurving under a lurk?
2: That's the Mo Show, which about a week or so ago decided to honor us on Twitter by proclaiming Suckatash the best show named after a food containing lima beans. So thank you, Mo Show. You can track down Mo Mo at their home site, the Mo Show podcast. That's M-O show podcast dot com and wherever podcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Apologies for any extra traffic noise going on in the background. Uh, I'm in Studio F, my Fiat parked along the side of the road and uh, rushing to get this one out because I'm uh, hurrying to the airport today. I'm going to be in Tokyo all week long on regular business, uh, but I'm going to try and maybe do an episode while I'm in Tokyo. I don't know what that will be about, but it will probably never happen. But anyway, uh, traffic's picking up with the morning commute. So that's what that's about. Associate producer Tyson Saner has harvested a bunch of clippage for today's epi. One of them is the Wampa Stompa podcast. It's a newest show where the three co-hosts, John, Gus, and Candy, talk about anything ranging from Star Wars to boxing to current events. Seems like two rather specific topics, followed by kind of anything goes. In this clip from Wampa Stompa epi 8, the hosts speculate on everything shown in the Star Wars The Force Awakens trailer. They also rank their top three Pixar films, along with what purely animated Disney films are their favorite.
10: We're a little late to the to the game with this one, but I'm sure everyone has seen the the new Star Wars trailer. So we kind of just—I wanted to at least to kind of talk with the you know you guys about the like what your theories are. So my first question would be to you guys. Is the black guy related to the only other black guy, Lando Calrissian, or is he like a new character? Or what do you what do you think him and like his being constantly out of breath? <laughs> I think he's just
11: new because they already do that with that chick. She's supposed to, I think she's supposed to be um, Han Solo and Princess Leia's uh, kid, right? That chick. I'm guessing that's a. I don't know. That might not be real though. I meant, I heard well, someone I mean, mention that.
10: I mean, there's definitely either it's Skywalkers. It's uh, I mean, well, they're both Skywalker. It's either Luke or Leia's. Either right? way, or it could be there's two. Yeah, or it could be both of them have one. I think in the in like the books and stuff or whatever, all that other shit they have. Yeah. They both have kids.
11: So I figured it's not that black guy. Probably not. But what do I know? Aren't they supposed to be clones?
10: I thought they were all supposed to be like Django fed clones. But that I think that's why. Like I don't think he's like a clone, though. Or I might have. I think I read somewhere that, um, maybe they're not all clones now. Just because they felt like it, or is there um, a reason? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think I just saw like a little snippet and didn't really get into anything. What do you think about Han Solo having white hair? Do you think they should have dyed his hair a little? Uh, No, because I'm guessing... As you age, anyway. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking it's more because they're trying to skip further ahead instead of, like, the usual... Like, I think they do usually between, like, 5 and 15 years between each thing. I'm not sure about every movie, but... So, you I mean, they didn't rescue Lando, I mean, rescue
12: Solo for, like, a while?
11: What, from Empire to Return? From, to, yeah. I thought that was pretty, like, at least within, like, a year span, but I'm not sure. They don't think they ever come up with a real timeline.
10: Hmm. Well, I assume that at least between um, Star Wars and Return of the Jedi, there has to be a long time because... They they make the new Death Star. They don't really like allude to like, oh, they were already building it. And for them to complete the Death Star, I think it was like 15 years or something from episode three to episode one. Or episode what? Four. Hmm. Interesting. But I like I said, it seems like like what Candy just said, at least for Empire to return, it didn't seem like it was that long. Because it was just like, fuck, let, I don't I don't know why they'd wait so long to go save Lando. <laughs> and then also, there's like that super star destroyer, or is it just a star destroyer? It's all like broken? Like, how come no one ever cleaned that shit up? Yeah, that's another... I, I guess my thing would be like, why was it even there? Were they like looking for Luke or like... I don't even know. Wait, who's looking Cause... for Luke? I guess whoever was like, whatever was left of the, the empire. Cause why? Cause there wasn't ever a time where there was besides, I guess that very first episode, or I keep saying first episode, like I'm just going to say new hope. Um, when they, uh, R2, D2 and C3PO gets, uh, they go down into that one. In that little Tatooine. pod. I think that's, Oh yeah. No, that's they? the only time that they're around there. I'm assuming that place is tattooing that. that, that
11: it is tattooing. That, though. Uh,
10: I mean, that's what would be my, that would be, I would assume. I don't think they're going to show like another whole desert planet like that. So why is a Star Destroyer
13: there though? Like a broken one.
10: That's So that's kind of what I'm saying. Like I would, I would only assume they were trying to maybe go after Luke or something or like, I don't really know why they would be there. Cause besides that one, that one point with, with, you know, I just mentioned with the droids they're not really, they don't show any sort of like uh, empire at Tatooine.
11: That new and droid is so cute too. No?
10: The little the little roller one?
11: <laughs> yeah, I'm like in love with it. It looks
10: like a little schnoodoo. <laughs> Everyone loves that thing, or at least for the most part. It has that Star Wars feel to it. It really does. It reminds me of like the older ones. JJ Brumsdoo trying to bring it back.
2: Their home site uh, for the Wampa Stompa podcast is over on Libsyn. But it's a really long URL, so you can either Google it, grab their show from one of the usual podcast purveyors such as iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, or click on the link to their home site on our blog lineup for this episode right here at succotashshow.com. A couple of weeks ago, I reviewed a podcast called Hello from the Magic Tavern for Splitsider.com and The Huffington Post. Now, there are a number of Dungeon and Dragon and other role-playing podcasts floating around, like Nerd Poker with Brian Posehn and Friends over on Earwolf. But as I mentioned in my review, this is the first one i found where characters who might otherwise be heard adventuring are actually just hanging out in a tavern, really recording a podcast, rather than dungeon crawling or whatever those guys do. The setup is that the main host, Arnie Nykamp, fell through a magical rift of some sort behind a Chicago-area Burger King into the mystical land of Foon. No relation, as far as I know, to friend of Succotash Eric Furness of the From Out of Nowhere podcast, or it is otherwise known, the Fooncast. Anyway, Arnie has set up shop at the Vermilion Minotaur also known as the Magic Tavern, with his co-hosts, the wizard Usador, played by Matt Young, and Chunt the Changeling, voiced by Adal Rifai. Not sure I'm getting his last name right, sorry. Uh, In this clip from Epi19, the Namer, their guest, is someone near and dear to my heart, given my background in branding. Her name is Merlinda Flippery. She's a Namer, a person who gives secret names to people so that no one can discover their true power. She's played by Irene Marquette you know that
11: people guess your name you're gonna lose a lot of your power you know you you want to have a name that people don't they're not able to guess
7: sure like if you're if you're a mystical uh, trickster and your name is like Hank sure yeah. people will yeah. probably figure that out of it yeah
11: probably within you know 30 guesses
7: yeah, yeah. really
11: yeah within 30
14: guesses even Hank I mean I don't no, know that. sure think, well, of a, think of a name right now okay uh all right bill now Hank yes damn it <laughs> <laughs> all right you're fair. so you
11: see you see the the necessity for somebody sure like
14: me. yeah yeah so uh, so then, like, uh, tricksters and mis- mischief makers, they come to you and they pay you mm-hmm. to come up with a name?
11: Yeah. Well, I mean, payment is relative. Uh, mm. I work for favors. I um, got a, a very complicated network of people who owe me and uh, people that I owe, so if you've if you're a special kind of trickster, maybe you, you turn uh, straw into gold, something like that. You know, oh, you're wow. going to come to me for a special name, and uh, I'm going to bet that at some point I'm going to ask you for a gold quilt. Can I, can
14: I say, is it wise to get in complicated bargaining situations with known tricksters?
11: Um, for them, you don't know who you're dealing with. That's Oh, that's true. Right, I mean, who knows your name? You. Yeah, that's right. You don't want that ah, thing broadcast from uh, hither and thither.
14: Well, that puts us in kind of a weird situation because I would love to know some of these names that you've oh, made. Sure. Oh, really? Yeah.
11: I mean, I can give you some samples because any client that I have, I'll usually present them with a list of names. I'll uh-huh. sit down for a consultation. I'll talk to them about their uh, special tricking skills, uh-huh. maybe uh, assess their physical appearance, um, maybe uh, any, any kind of quirks that they have, any skin conditions, uh, uh, other random adjectives that come to my mind, and then I'll make a
15: list. And Great. then from there,
11: we can kind of pick and choose. So obviously, I, I, I'm, I've got some rejected names that I sure. can create for you. Yeah. Love I love Can't divulge them. Uh, lord uh, Dimpleberry. Ooh,
14: that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Was uh, it Lord or Lord?
11: Lord. Lord. Oh yeah. Yes. No. Uh, that that creature was by no means a Lord. Uh, Farns Wimple, humble Oh,
3: I would guess that one. <laughs> Nobody wants a humble
14: bottom. Well, hey,
11: true. Just wait till I read your name later. Whoa. I, you know oh. what? I have a little special treat for everybody. I came up with a couple freebies. Wow. For oh, wonderful! Holy oh, cow. wonderful! Well, yeah. Thank
14: you. This is why Maybe you have night. this is why you have a podcast Maybe because night. you know you get some excitement around it and people come in and they give you free stuff.
11: Should I keep reading? Yes. Yes, please. Uh, Kimsterly Dad Bod. Oh, Kimsterly Dad
14: Bod. Oh, I feel like that should be that might be my name.
11: Blippy Noggin Friend. <laughs> Kidney, Dapple Wheel, Scratchity Ginger Skin. I thought that one was pretty good.
5: That's well, I like great. It. Yes, yeah. it's
3: got a
0: real yeah, ring great.
11: to it. Uh, the only thing is a little too on the nose for uh,
3: the guy. Yeah. Uh, sh- you sh- look at him and you go, well, you're a Scratchity Ginger Skin. Exactly. Yeah. That yes.
14: brings up a good question. Sure. So you see your clients come in and you look at them. Mm-hmm. So you want a name that fits them, right. but is at the same time unguessable.
11: Right. And, you know, different people have different needs. So, for example... Maybe this fellow passed into your realm at some point He was mm. one of the biggest tricksters of all time A Rumpelstiltskin Well, I have heard of Rumpelstiltskin he yeah, 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 he
14: I know he takes uh, a lot of firstborns Yeah, Yeah,
11: well, here, when he was here a he did yeah. Does, uh, yeah,
14: no, that was what he's known for in my world as well
11: Yeah, is he still kicking around?
14: Well, it's a story in my world People don't think that it's necessarily true But that he... You've yeah. heard of it? I've heard of them. Wow.
11: That's amazing.
14: That's the power of so, that name. I, mean, I know. like, The names that are known in both worlds here are Rumpelstiltskin and Candyman.
11: Oh, my God. The Candyman.
2: So, if you were ever curious about what role-playing characters do in their spare time, there is a sample. You can pick up even more at their home site, hellofromthemagictavern.com, as well as whatever podcasts or wherever podcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Sometimes my tongue doesn't know what my words are trying to say. Our next clip was provided directly from the gents of the talk blocked podcast. They sent us a download link into the tweet sack at clips at succotash show.com. You can do the same. As I mentioned before, you can also upload your three to five minute comedy podcast clips directly to us at hightail.com slash That's the letter U slash Succotash, spelled S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H. Now, Cody and Steve-O, that's not the same Steve-O from the Jackass movies I've been informed, have put out about 20 episodes of their show now. This clip from comes from... This clip comes from Epi18 and features their guest, Dr. Mike, an actual ER doc, talking about a young man who came in complaining of stomach pains. The diagnosis turned out to be a bit more graphic than one might suppose or care to hear on a podcast.
13: We have special guests. Yes, we do. We always have special guests, but this this one's kind of beyond our pay grade. Yeah, I don't know how,
16: like, this is cool. We roped,
13: like, a, a real adult. A doctor. Yeah. Doctor's doctor. A doctor. He's Dr. Mike. Doctor. Doctor? Doctor. 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 <laughs> good one. Because I'm sure, aside from my story, lots of crazy shit goes down in an ER. I can imagine. So Dr. Mike, he's got some funny stories. He's yeah. got a couple that he's going to share with us. Bang out a couple of them. Uh, they have to do with uh, the gastrointestinal. The, the GI tract. Yeah. You know, um, I'm a little squeamish
14: when it comes to the the medical stuff. You know that, right?
13: Yeah, but um, I like to consider myself kind of an amateur gynecologist. (laughs) Is that
12: that the other t-shirt you own that it says on there?
13: Yeah. Amateur gynecologist. (laughs) Bro. Douche. 100%. So I'm kind of familiar with some of these medical jargons. Yeah. So I can help you out. That and I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy. I've seen a lot of House,
8: so I'm familiar with it.
13: Okay, everything is either uh, necrotic. Yeah, oh yeah, lots of things are necrotic. Yeah. And I also, yeah, I got, this kid came in, he had some necrotic things going on, <laughs> his GI.
17: Now, I'm an emergency physician, and people come to the ER with complaints and problems of all types. So, let's break it down by organ system. Once, I was a resident, and I was working a night shift in a children's pediatric ER. At that time, a 16-year-old boy comes in in the middle of the night, 2 in the morning, and the place is pretty quiet, and he says, my stomach hurts. Now, being a trained physician, the first thing that pops in my head is the entire differential diagnosis of emergencies that can manifest as symptomatic abdominal pain. So I ask the 16-year-old, where is your guardian? Do you have a mother, father, grandmother with you? And he said to me, she's on the way. I said, okay. So I tell my nurse, the nurse is trying to figure out where she is, and I start talking to the kid. And I sit down and I ask the kid, what happened to you? What did you eat? What did you do? And he says, nothing, nothing. I ate normal.
13: He says he's got a tummy ache. Oh, a little tum-tum. I'm thinking he might have maybe whatever... Jeffrey had on the last episode. <laughs> he had some tummy problems. Some tummy problems. I want to scream like the the random black guy in Spaceballs. Get got some Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> Water. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, like an alien chest burst. Yeah, just exactly. Pop out of this yeah. kid's stomach. Well, I'm leaning towards maybe food poisoning. A young kid going in there. Yeah. 16? Stomach problems, yeah, or anxiety, or he's just maybe he's got a test the next day and he wants to get out I'll of get it. Get out of a test,
1: yeah. It's an expensive way to do
13: it. But. Well, something's telling me that this kid probably doesn't have a PPO.
17: <laughs> probably not. Probably not. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this quiet emergency department, with a couple patients up the hall, you hear a screaming woman. Coming in, motherfucker, this motherfucker, he did this shit again. This motherfucker. And then I stood up, ran over and I said, ma'am, ma'am, calm down. And she says to me, you the doctor? And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, this motherfucker shoving shit up his ass again. And I said, ma'am, please calm down. Come to the room. You can't yell his medical history out like that in the middle of the ER. So we kindly head back to the room, and in which case the young gentleman proceeds to explain to us how he took a foot long dildo, similarly shaped to a pink fluorescent foot long candle you would see around Christmas time, pointy made out of wax, and inserted it into his rectal side while he was in the shower. He had taken the handle off that held the batteries, it was a little plastic screw on part, so that it wouldn't get electrocuted. And he lost the item where the sun don't shine.
13: Well, it turns out we were both wrong. Oh, what? He had something stuck in his bum bum. No! Yeah. Um, <laughs> one foot long. <laughs> Talkblocked.com
2: is the home site for Cody and Stevo, Or get the show wherever you like to get shows. Thanks for sending in the clip, guys. Really appreciate it. We were talking role playing games a couple of clips ago. Now, thanks to Tyson, we're switching to board games with a clip from the Cardboard podcast with host Rich Summer. Billing himself as a cardboard or a board game evangelist, Summer's known for his appearances on Mad Men. And in fact, this clip features two of his castmates, Michael Gladys and Aaron Statton. Gladys has the host relate his favorite chess photo story in this segment and. Well, you'll hear it yourself.
16: Michael spent a lot of time around a chessboard, as you've just heard. However, my favorite time that he's ever spent at a chessboard was when it was photographed for a very special publication. He should probably tell you the story. When I was in college, had a party in my apartment. And one of the actresses in the in the theater department uh, brought a friend of hers to this party, and and I asked her what she did, and she said, "Oh, I'm a, I'm the the head of um, was a graphic design for this magazine." I said, "Oh, what magazine?" She said, "Oh, you've never heard of it." And I said, "No, try me." And she said, "It's called Chess Life." Oh my God! And man. I went,
7: "Please,
16: <laughs> you gotta be kidding me!" At the time, I was at college in New Paltz, New York, and and the USCF was based in Newburgh, New York, right next door, and so you know, she couldn't believe that I was a chess player. And then she said, well, you know, Laura, the actress that had brought her to the party, she models for the catalog. Sometimes I throw her a hundred bucks here, the or there
8: Chess catalog,
16: chess life. The United States Chess Federation has its own catalog of books and chess sets and chess ties, which we'll get to. And, um, and so, <laughs> oh, God. so she says, you know, I throw Laura modeling work and I can only pay like a hundred or 150 bucks, whatever a day, but to a, poor college student. one million beers. Uh, Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, count me in. Yeah. I had... (laughs) <laughs> I had an ulterior motive because those things always made me angry. Because every time I looked in the catalogs, you'd see these guys sitting behind a chessboard and they'd have like ramrod straight backs and big smiles across their face, and their arms would be folded in front of them with one like hand daintily <laughs> holding the chess piece. And it was nothing like how an actual chess player who's like tearing out his hair and agonizing in both hands on the, on the, or both elbows on the table and his face in his hands. And he he all stood, no, Drama, no like real. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna model for this catalog. And if if they ever have me do like a chess board modeling, I'm gonna like take the pose of a real (laughs) chess player. And so I get to my first shoot, and I do have to model a chess tie, and it is the worst picture you've ever seen in your life. I'll try and dig it up. I bet I think it's the best picture I've ever seen (laughs) in my life. And so they finally bring out the chess board. I'm like here's my chance and so they put it down set up the pieces and I ask you know can I set up a position and I set up a position from like a famous game or whatever and I'm like this is awesome so real chess nerds will look at that and then I, I strike my pose I think it was like one hand like one hand <laughs> one, one hand on my face pushing my face up, and, and just like agonizing looking at the board and they said okay Michael um, could you sit up a little bit straighter <laughs> and I said a little bit straight and they say can you slide your elbow and hand in front of the board just like that?" go now with the other hand can you pick up a piece and hold it higher 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 good now can you smile good now now lower your eyebrows and click and they took the exact <laughs> picture that i had always hated but at least I had that fancy chest position on the uh, board right? yeah i don't even know <laughs> i was just and that pretty much is a reflection of my experience as an actor Ever since.
14: <laughs> so you come so in with like reckon, a bold idea, you know, make a and, choice. Then,
16: and then uh, they yeah, just cram you into the tiny little box. gets and- watered down and yeah, it never works out the way you want it to.
14: <laughs>
16: wow. Uh, wow, that's, uh, we really
3: got there. Really? <laughs>
2: That's the Cardboard Podcast, so if you're a board game aficionado, head on over to its home at the Wolf Pop Network, or wherever fine podcasts are heard. I just felt a chill wind blow through here. It must be time for
14: Podcast
2: Graveyard. Tyson Sainer has been out in the podcast graveyard with his pickaxe and shovel, and he's dug up an episode of the Evil Teddy Bear podcast with hosts Corey Epps and Mike Caps. Wow! Evil Teddy Bear, they've been a huge supporter of Sakitash, and I didn't even know the show was dead. That was this past April, with an episode entitled The Last One. Well, I guess they knew it was coming. This clip is from two episodes earlier, number 136, with guest Will Harrison and a show entitled The Unheard Nerd Strikes Again.
18: So what, what's what's new? What's going on in the world of uh, you, Will, and The Unheard Nerd?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's been a steady, steady growth, I think, since we last spoke. Um, back in 2012, I guess, I don't know, I guess the site was... Maybe a year and a bit old, something like that, um, and we're now obviously a couple more years older. Um, got a few other guys helping me now. Uh, we're creating content, trying to create some original content. Um, most recently we've we've launched a gaming channel, uh, which is Impossible Gaming, and that's two guys from Canada that put that together Chadley and Tristan and um it's it's they take on notoriously the hardest retro games ever made and um they suck at them uh, and but it's it's not so much about the the gameplay it's that as in the commentary that goes along with it that makes it uh, pretty funny and they they've just released or just starting to release series 2 or se- season 2 I should say and um and we're getting a lot of good feedback on that and and we're starting to get a lot of uh, hits on that as well. So th- there's that side of the website that's, uh, has been growing. Um, uh, we've got more shows on the podcast side coming. Um, I personally, you know, do the music podcast, which is, I've got, I used to just do one podcast, which was part interview, part music. And, I felt like it needed to be separate things. So we now have the mixtape, which is just nerdy music, um, be it hip-hop, is mostly hip-hop, but also a little bit of rock in there, a bit of dubstep, electro, whatever. And then uh, we've got the interview show, which is just talking to mostly nerdcore hip-hop artists. So I've I've interviewed some of the biggest names so far, uh, MC Frontalot, I've got MC Lars lined up. Um, And uh, yeah, I've done a whole host of of those interviews. Uh, Then we've got the movie uh, orientated movie and TV orientated podcast as well, which is called Betamax and Laserdisc because we couldn't think of anything else to call it, and um, we were just clutching at straws, so we went for the retro thing, Betamax and Laserdisc, and that's with my good friend John, who I've known for gosh, probably about 20 years at this point. So, uh, yeah, and there's another show coming, but I can't tell you what it's about. Uh, but someone else is producing this show now for, for the channel, so that's good,
18: that's pretty cool, yeah sounds like you guys sounds like you guys have a tight ship over there now
1: well uh, you know I'm very much a dictator in terms of <laughs> how we run it it's my way um pretty much uh, but uh, yeah yeah we got some got some good guys you know people that are in it sort of for the long term other than you know you get f- People creating content for the site and uh, you yeah, know they, they do a couple of things and then disappear and or it, it gets boring after a while they they really give a few months and then they they sort of weigh in and but we've got a pretty strong team at the moment creating regular content and it's exciting and we started to reap, reap the you know the benefits of that as well we started to get um some interest from you know some of the bigger TV uh, or oh, sorry movie studios so we got we got for a while to go and see all the Marvel films before they were released in the cinema um I Just recently, got hit up by DreamWorks who invited me to a show in at their uh, preview cinema in Soho Square in London, um, and uh, 20th Century Fox as well invite us along to their Blu-ray releases. Um, at the moment, we're giving away stuff through HBO, so it's really nice to 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 get you know noticed by these big companies, and they see the website as something that's there is something of worth you know to them as a promotional tool um but it's also nice for us to get the perks from that and and then to be able to pass along the content that that creates so yes it's it's nice we we it, we seem to be on a steady growth we seem to be hitting a good target yeah, you know, our target audience getting good numbers and yeah it's it's growing and eventually one day it would be wonderful to make it a full-time thing but i think we're a long way from there yet
18: yeah. oh wow yeah definitely again sounds like you guys are <laughs> doing a lot better than me at least. Oh, I don't, no, I, don't I don't get I don't get any invites. No.
1: <laughs> I think it's tougher. I mean, you know, I mean
18: it's tougher for I feel like it might be it's definitely a lot tougher for a just a podcaster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To get invites to something like that. Um <laughs> like they would have to do a little more than I guess what I would like to do, but my heart is definitely is. I like writing, but it's just not in, you know, writing, like, reviews like that.
1: No, nah, absolutely. I, I understand that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you're, a, you're more of a creative. Um, we're offering very much a commentary on pop culture and nerd culture, and, and that was always the aim. I, I give a positive voice to what's going on right now in nerd culture, so whether it's movies, podcasts, uh, TV shows, uh, music. Yeah, it's, uh, we try and cover a fairly broad spectrum, and, and comics as well.
2: Podcast Graveyard
0: Friends at Henderson's Pants, we recognize America's, nay, the world's love for a good pair of blue jeans. Comfortable, casual, and another C word I can't think of just now. But most of the blue jeans on the market today are just so much overhyped, acid washed, distressed, low hanging, ill fitting, poor excuses for denim that Henderson's has reintroduced a true classic the 100% dungarees. Just like the rough and ready trousers worn by our company's founder, Jebediah Henderson, back in 1827, these dungarees are made from 100% real dung. Through a unique patented process, manure from 17 different species, including water buffalo, sloth, and rhinoceros, is synthesized into the most durable fabric ever to come from feces, so durable, in fact, that there's no punishment these pants can't stand up to. And they'll do it standing on their own. You know, people write in to ask us all the time, quote, How do you get rid of the smell of shit? <clears throat> well, never mind that kind of language isn't fit for proper business communication, let alone the intranet. The answer is simple. We don't. In the words of old Jebediah himself, If the pants didn't smell like dung, what's the point of making them out of Dung. Back in the 1800s, people only thought of Henderson's 100% dungarees as only being fit for the farm. But nowadays, of course, with the entire world knee-deep in doo-doo, whether it's the boardroom or in the classroom, from Wall Street to Main Street, anywhere's the place to be in your flagrantly fragrant Henderson's dungalicious 100% dungarees. Originally designed for the farmer in the dell, demons in hell and Batman smells, Robin laid an egg, Batman lost a wheel, and the Joker got away. This is a lot of shit, you know that. If I didn't need this job... <clears throat> that's Henderson's Makers of Fine Trousers and Pantaloons since 1827, and now back to
2: Suckatash. I got to know Dan Delgado, also known as Radio Dan of the Radio Dan Show, last year at the L.A. PodFest. We were both hunkered down in the podcast lab pretty much the whole time, so we got to talking, watching each other's equipment, when the other one wanted to take a break. You know, brothers in podcasting. Not sure if he's making the trek out from Boca Raton, Florida again this year, but he sent along a little, I guess you'd call it a rant, about his unsung 40 years of sobriety. As he sees it, and I figured it would be good to
9: hear him go at it. Listening to a podcast today, as I'm wont to do, and uh, well, hell, it was it was WTF. I was listening to Mark Maron. He's talking to Richard Lewis, and Richard Lewis at one point mentions that he is I don't know, 15 years sober, and then Maron mentions that he's 20 years sober, something along these lines. I'm aware of uh, Maron sobriety. I don't think I knew what was going on with Richard Lewis and there is that whole wow congratulations and i was thinking about this and while i totally understand and respect those who have uh, gotten back on the wagon right totally respect that bad things that you did you overcame them and now you are back with the rest of us and there is that whole thing though where it's like whoa well you know what I am 20 years in control of my life. That's what you're saying when you're 20 years sober. 20 years, I'm doing it. Now, what about those of us out there who have been sober the entire time, right? Like, I've never had any need for any kind of rehab ever. I I drink. You could count on my fingers how many times I drink per year. Maybe one hand, maybe one hand. So really, I've got like 40 years sober. So if I meet somebody and they say to me, "Hey, Dad, you know, you know, um, I can't have a drink with you because uh, you know I'm I'm sober now. In fact, I'm 10 years sober." And I said, "Whoa, that's that's really good." But you know, I let me tell you something, my friend. That's good, but I got you beat. I am now 40 years sober. Can I do that or is that kind of a dick move? That's what I want to know. What do you think? Am I allowed to do that? Can I show up to an AA meeting and ask for a 40-year chip? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah, uh, 40 years sober here. It's my first day. It's my first day. I have been sober for 40 years. Thank you. Am I allowed to do that or is that wrong? Do I get kicked out if uh, if that happens? Is that is that being disrespectful? You know, there, there's no, there's no, like, congratulations if, if you've been sober, like, your whole life. You've been good your whole life. You've been, wait, you, wait, you're doing what you're supposed to do? And you've been doing it your entire life? You know, then, see, I think what happens is, is that then you get the scorn of having not lived. Well, you just hadn't lived, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, pal. Here's the, what you needed to do was to, was to get all messed up and then get sober, Then you'd have love and respect. Then you'd get high fives and fist bumps, and you'd get little chips at meetings with other people who have also lived and been through some stuff and and now have the scars and can tell the tale. And have a few relatives that they could still talk to. Which is funny. I'm sober the entire time. I'm still trying to not talk to any relatives. So how's that working out for me? That's Radio Dan, the podcast man, booming out of Boca Raton every day at
2: radiodanshow.net. Give him a listen and tell him Suckatash sent you. Holy cats, I'm a big fan of folks doing audio sketch comedy for their podcasts, as I mentioned a little earlier in this show. Especially when it's well-written and fun. And that's got Britain's We Are Not Alone written all over it. They're four seasons in and it's all put together like campy 1950s science fiction. This show's written by John Thrower and Andrew Fletcher, they both act in it, and there's also a bunch of other cast members voicing what you're hearing as well. Here's a taste from epi three of the latest season, entitled, Wonderbirds Are
1: A Go! The recordings you are about to hear have been declassified and released by the British Ministry of Defense. These files cover the period from 1950 to the present day, and provide the first indications that we are not alone. Gloucester and children playing football in the road were rudely interrupted by an eight-foot-tall bipedal wolf-like creature who pushed over a child and stole the ball. He's been fined £100 for fouling on the pavement. Meanwhile, in Devon, attempts to trace the person who took a picture of a fairy sent to the local newspaper have now been abandoned. It turns out it was an Elfie. William Law, an avid phrenologist, was struck on the forehead during a game of cricket Despite considerable swelling, he identified no change in his reasoning capabilities, and consequently is still a phrenologist. Chedworth, 1995.
12: Hello, my name is Dr. Leotard. We're responding to accusations of witchcraft in your neighbourhood. According to the EMF meter, I'm sorry to say you may have psychokinesis. Oh, is it serious? Well, psychokinesis is a largely hypothetical condition in which you're able to affect changes in the real world using the power of your mind alone. First, we should check for telepathy.
15: But there's no such thing as telepathy.
12: You read my mind. I just need to check a few things. Looking through your case history, your husband tells us you watched something on the television and found it moving. It was probably an earth tremor. He also said you might have pyrokinesis. That's just hot air. I see. And no family history of post-mortem animation? No. My father would turn in his grave. Hmm. Well, it says here you've a lot of bent spoons in your kitchen. I make very thick soup. And one prong was bent on each of your forks.
15: I think that's a distortion of the tooth.
12: And when I visited your house, I, I felt a strange pressure in my lower limbs. I
15: think someone's pulling your leg.
12: Well, I don't see that there's anything to worry about. I'll just prescribe you some aspirin for the precognition. I thought you would. And I expect you'll want to talk to your husband about the pyrokinesis. Don't you worry.
15: I bet his ears are burning already.
1: Coventry, 2002.
15: Hello, Mr Smith. Ah,
12: um, hello.
15: Is anyone else in today? Just me today, Mr Smith. How can I help?
1: Well, I bought this here the other day, but I I can't understand the instructions. Of
15: course. What would you like to know?
1: I wasn't sure how to make it work.
15: Perhaps you could explain? Well, the instructions are self-explanatory. But they explain themselves. So any intervention on my part would be entirely superfluous. Is there anything else I can help with?
1: But I can't make it work.
15: Did you hear that? I think it must have been those instructions explaining themselves, Mr Smith. Although it goes without saying. What does? I can't say it. Otherwise it wouldn't go without saying. Normally when people say that it goes without saying, they then say the thing that goes without saying, which is silly. So I'm simply not saying the thing that goes without saying because it goes without saying.
12: (laughs) You couldn't make an exception, could you?
15: And not to mention... Not to mention what? There's no point in not mentioning something if I'm then going to immediately mention it. That would be telling Mr Smith, to say the least. Because that's my new watchword, to say the least. And that's what I'm saying. What are you saying? The least. Well, it says here that... This is what's called an intuitive product, Mr Smith. Use your intuition. If I explained it to you, then you wouldn't be using your intuition. What's the first thing that comes into your head? Just do it, Mr Smith. Why don't you exercise your free will? Let your mind go free. Just act on your intuition. Don't think. Act! No, don't do that. Not that. No. No. I don't know, then. Well, I probably shouldn't say. Yes, yes. So I won't. Mum's the word. You're never going to tell me, are you? Never say never, Mr Smith. That's what my mum used to tell me. But then she always used to say never when she said never say never. So perhaps it should be never say never, except when you're saying never say never.
12: You don't say.
15: I think I did, in that instance. Look,
12: I really just want a bit of help. Could you just give me a clue?
15: A clue? How exciting. Now, let me see... As I was going to St Ives, I met a man whose father's brother was my husband's wife. And although my first is in Abacus, but not in Abacus, my second is in a bathroom, but not in a bathtub. And the password is different every day. Each wife had seven cats. One cat always tells the truth, and the other one has three legs in the morning and two legs at lunchtime. What am I?
1: I probably shouldn't say. I'll come back another time.
15: That's fine, Mr Smith, who now goes without saying. Goodbye.
2: It's like watching cheesy black-and-white sci-fi, but with your ears. Find a lot more adventures at wearenotalone.co.uk and other distant space outposts, such as iTunes. We've got one more burst of durst heading your way just as soon as I finish wading through this episode's tweet sack, which won't take long, mainly because I haven't gotten a lot of emails to speak of in the tweet sack. Now, I've gotten a lot of lovely retweets and mentions on Twitter, which is great. But no one's really had much to relate in the form of lengthy emails, so let me scrape the bottom of the Twitter barrel and see what comes out. I retweeted a blast from the Naked Porch podcast. Haven't featured them yet, but I will. They thanked me and wanted to know where Podcast Land was, as I'd made a reference to it. I was happy to inform them that it's very similar to Radio Land and TV Land—not the—not the TV channel, but the TV land itself—and that's wherever listeners to podcasts. Maybe. welcome to podcast land everybody abner surd sent along a tweet to us with a link to what he claims is another the other best song ever (laughs) that he's done it's called i think the beach the beach and i will tag it on at the very end of this show after bill haywatt says his goodbye so thanks abner for sending that along adam tweeted out his thanks for us featuring the taco tuesday podcast on our show no problem adam happy to help you out And I guess that's about it for the specifics We had time now to mention those other folks Who've been kind enough during the past week or so To tweet, retweet, forward, follow Friday Favorite, like, thumbs up Or otherwise mention Succotash In their social media murmurings (laughs) Shark.com, San Diego Sabrina Boomer Gal Think again Brian Flaherty Cranky Mom of Two Scott Walker Salty Language Pod Radio Rubber Room the Slant, Alicia Sierra, Best Funny Tweets, Jola Honda, Fred Stoller, Kylie Dunn, Illusionoid, Shrin666, Madalena Jacobson, Udo Chaney, uh, Matt and Nate, The Real Stupid Podcast, and that's real R-E-E-L, Davian Dent, Chris and Sam Pott, Bill Sweeney, The Strange Times Podcast, Dazed and Convicted with Monica Homburg. Snow, hi, hi Carrie, old friend, Carrie Snow, John Tucker, So Pod, Eileen O'Connell, Sup Doc Podcast, Hollywood Rock and Wrap Up, Mike Lobright, Jabs of the D Head Factor, Hello Jabs, Gerald Mole, Paco Ramon, Vine Videos, Double Toasted, DAPF Podcast, XL Podcast, DAPF and Lease, Tennessee Parkio One, I guess that's party 01. Uh, bo- bogus Podcast, Giant Rock the Book, and Derek Vara. So that's the Tweet Sack for this week. Feel free to email me your questions and comments to markmarc at show.com. You can also call into the Succotash Hotline and leave a message. I just found out the hotline's been messed up for I don't know how long. But I fixed the settings, and if you call in, it should be working, and you can leave a message at one eight one eight nine two one seven two, one two. That's a toll full number. I'm not going to pick up the I'm not going to pick it up. one, eight one eight, nine two, one, seven two, one, two to leave a message on the Succotash hotline. All right, our raging moderate will Durst is not done with the Donald yet. Probably safe to say he'll be beating on Trump until he either drops out of the race or <laughs> oh, I almost said it. wins the election, but that couldn't happen right, right? All right, find more durst right here. Hey guys,
3: Will Durst here with a few choice words about Donald the comb-over Trump, who has proven to be more annoying to the Republican Party than a mouse stuck in an air conditioning unit. He's like that piece of popcorn that gets caught in the back of your molars and you can't get it out even with a toothpick. More grating than the Cars for Kids commercial. The real estate developer recently announced that if the GOP big boys don't stop saying mean things about him, he might just consider running as a third-party candidate. Better be real nice to me or I'll poop on your parade. It's pretty much the billionaire's threat. Other professions might call this extortion, but with these guys, it's just politics. And effective, as it resurrects uncomfortable memories in 1992 when GOP party stalwarts still blame Ross Perot for depriving Jeb Bush's daddy of a second term. Over on the Democratic side, Bernie Sanders vowed never to run as a third-party candidate, but that was before he started drawing crowds like a rock star. A 73-year-old socialist rock star, but a rock star nonetheless, without the leather pants. Thank God. And if he loses the Democratic nomination, Senator Sanders just might return to his independent ways and run on the Vermont Loon ticket. And besides, by that time, he might be a fourth party candidate. Then you consider that Ralph Nader is only eight years older than Bernie, so maybe we could convince him to return to the fray. And Pat Buchanan obviously still has things to say. And pretty soon we could be just like one of those third world countries that have like 18 candidates and the winner forms a coalition party with some of the also-rans and then they're forced to actually compromise. Nah, you're right. Never gonna happen here for succotash the comedy podcast podcast i'm will durst
2: thank you will durst you can find him at his home site willdurst.com as i mentioned he's also tweeting at will durst so look for him on twitter when you've a chance won't you and will durst is what's going to put that bright shiny bow on epi 113 of succotash clips thank you so much for the listen we appreciate your patronage if you'd like to help us defray the cost of production on Succotash, feel free to visit our home site, SuccotashShow.com. You can either click on the Donate button or on the Amazon banner at the top of the page. Everything you buy on that particular shopping trip gives us a tiny percentage. Or you can purchase some merch through the Succotashery. we got t-shirts, mugs, and all sorts of goo that can and will be yours. Stick around for that new song by Abner Sturd after Bill Haywatt's done with the closing credits. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for passing the suckatash.
0: You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and. Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at suckatashow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at Suckatash dot com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll free call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit, our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Dirges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bureau Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash.
6: Goodbye. Good morning, son. How do you do? It's nice to see the sky so blue. We need a slice of bacon each, and then we're going to the beach, the beach, the beach. Hooray for the beach. Yesterday the sky was gray. It ruined half our holiday. But Mama said it was okay because we'd do the beach today. The beach, the beach. Oh, no, who's knocking at the door? We've never seen this man before. He said he's glad he finally reached us. But we're going to the beach, the beach, the beach. Hooray for the beach. Yesterday it rained and poured, we stayed inside and got so bored, but Mama said it was okay because we'd do the beach today. The beach, the beach! We're glad you've come, whoever you are. We know you traveled really far and it was awfully nice to meet you, but we're going to the beach, the beach, the beach! Hooray for the beach! Yesterday we couldn't go, and now it's Mr. So-and-so who's really getting in the way of going to the beach today. The beach, the beach! Why don't you come with us and swim? We've got a suit that fits a hymn. Come on and join us at the beach. We'll run and splash and laugh and screech. The beach, the beach! Hooray for the beach! There was just a slight delay, but now we're finally on our way. We're going swimming in the bay, cause Mama said it was okay. The beach, the beach!